Live for Live Music presents Inside Out with Turner and Seth. Hey, Rob, how are you, buddy? Just one last one on the phone here. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. But this time I'm not in Mexico. I'm actually in South Florida, sunny South Florida. Well, dude, I'm doing it. It's kind of like the 90s, Rob, this week. I'm in the middle of six shows in uh, five different cities in six nights. Uh, I don't really do That might not be much to someone like Z-Man, who's probably seen six shows since we started this episode. Is Z-Man someone, me, Z-Man like, like X-Man? Is, is that like a Marvel, Marvel comic? Uh, I'm not, not, I don't think our listeners know who you're talking about there, Rob. He is a marvel of documenting live performance. He provides live streams of uh, artists across the board, uh, particularly wide Panic. You see him on Panic Stream a lot, but, but believe me, uh, he goes way beyond the jam genre. And he, uh, at my peak, Seth, in the 90s, at my peak, uh, I saw about as many sh- shows as Z-Man does on, on any given year and has been doing for literally over 30 years. The guy's stunning. Makes me look like a casual music fan. Gotcha. I, 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 and by the way, just were curious as to, you know, when you mentioned people's names, they're like, who's Bob and Bill? I don't know. So now, now we have a reference point. So he's a taper in the, uh, in a lot of the live music realm. He actually, didn't he record that Mo show we were at recently? Yeah, absolutely. And he, uh, tagged, uh, our podcast. He gave us a plug and, the, and he does little tags at the end of the set. He did a plug for our podcast at the end. That was, cool. that was nice of him. He yeah. also over a decade ago was talking about green sky bluegrass. So he's, um, he's on the leading edge often of uh, younger artists. He's not someone who just goes to see the big name artists. He's also got a nose for the New York. I had the weirdest dream this morning where I was at a festival and green sky was tuning up on stage. And while they were tuning up on stage, they were wearing like the little costume things they sometimes wear with like on their heads, little like things dangling. And, and then I'm like, Oh, I got to go and you know, to do something. And I'm walking to like this little like cut through to the backstage area and Del McCurry walks by and I of course yield my yield the way for him and he was very nice and thanked me and and this is what I woke up to today I, I don't know that's just weird but anyway go on Rob do you ever dream about me uh yeah I mean you know it's like kind of more like Moby Dick dreams but yeah yikes <laughs> well anyways Two of those six shows that I saw were David Bromberg, who's, by the way, his new album, Blues, The Whole Blues, and Nothing But The Blues, is on Red House Records, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And believe me, it is an eclectic blues album. Don't, don't be mistaken, but because it's got blues all in the title. It is a wonderful, wonderful album. It has walking blues on there, for one. Um, anyways, but the point being, last night at the show, uh, it just as a quick window into why I love David Bromberg, he's, he's really eclectic, and you hear all these different styles, and toward the end of the set, he uh, was acknowledging it with some banter. He was saying, um, so I guess by now, you guys have heard pretty much every genre, and I yelled out, Scottish fiddle tune, and he kind of chuckled as he went on with his banter, and then the next song he played, Seth, sure enough, when he got to the end of it, he kicked into a Scottish fiddle tune. Uh, <laughs> he's you gotta love that guy. Oh yeah, I I, I was bummed to miss his. Uh, well, I, you know, I missed so many shows, but that was one I would have definitely enjoyed. I my favorite ch- uh, set with him was I. Um, well, it wasn't even a set; it was a workshop back at the uh, Georgia Music Harvest Festival. Um, and it was him and Rev Mosier from Blueground Undergrass. And oh my god, a couple others. JJ Gray. JJ Gray. JJ yeah. Gray. And and and, and Peter and Rowan. Curtis Nunn. Was it Rowan? I think it was Curtis Birch. I gotta was get my it hand. Really I Rowan? T Dog, the promoter. 
I bet he has a copy of that still. But you're right, it was J.J. Gray on there as well. I, I don't remember what went down. I just remember it being so... It, it just like has this memory in my memory of a memory. You know what I mean, Rob? It was really good. It was. I remember. Was, I remember. He's he's so, he's a fascinating wordsmith. So I just wanted to say one of these shows uh, was a John Shane show at the ISIS Music Hall. Who's John? And I want Shane? to give a big shout out. He is a singer songwriter, sort of Piedmont Delta Blues based Americana singer songwriter out of Durham, North Carolina. But the point being, this ISIS Music Hall in Asheville, West Asheville, really. I got to walk around West Asheville. What a cool little enclave that is. I would love to live in West Asheville, but Louise at Isis Music Hall has a wonderful room, and you folks, you folks should definitely uh, support it. Check it out if you don't already. So you're asking our listeners to support Isis? I know, and that's the funny thing. I like, I like that they refuse to change the name. You know, Bob Dylan stopped playing his song Isis like 30 years before Isis even existed. I mean, come on, yeah. the terrorists kind of <laughs> won there. They always said he was ahead of the, the times. Won. Uh, the terrorists won there, but they are not winning in Asheville. Mm. I and and when you Good say job, Bob. again on the ISIS kick here, uh, did they not just change the way they say it though to is is? I don't know. Let's not talk too much about them because some of them listen, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with their ideology. But a listener is a listener, so a listener is a listener. But Speaking of listeners, what are our listeners in store for in this episode? Well, no, wait a minute. We've got to talk about one more thing, Seth, because um, finally you've come around, and we're going to go out to Wonder Dog Sound Studios and sit down with, our, with my boys, Voodoo Visionary. I'm, I'm pumped, man. Yes, 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 we are going to do that. And this one is not just for you, Rob. It's also for our boy, Josh Thane. Josh Thane, as you all know, yes. is the one that he helps our- us record, not record, but... Uh, edit and and publish these shows he's he's outstanding individual um he's also the engineer that works at wonder dog sound studios with the owner mark um and and you know he's he he's the one that produced the new voodoo visionary album uh i believe it's called off the ground and i'm i'm pretty excited to go out there yeah as a matter of fact seth i i um am often a stickler for for songs that share their name with classic songs you know what i mean they have a song in there called I've Got a Feeling. And when I, when I looked at it first, I was like, oh boy, here we go. But I'll tell you what, this song, do you know when we all go to shows and we dance around, have a good time, you know, and maybe a little flirting here and there. But you know, every once in a while when you find that girl and you really groove with her and it's a little something more. Rob, I'm married. I don't that, remember. <laughs> well, that's what this song is about. And that's that feeling. And that's a, that's a great feeling. Well... But anyways, well, uh, the this the studios are great. They're, they're, I'm excited to go out there. First, first of all, there's two great dogs, and there's this whole little walking, chill area in the back, you know. And it's a professional grade studio, but it's in the in the basement of this house, this huge, beautiful house. It's it's really really cool. It's located 20 miles north of Atlanta in the city of Marietta, um, which is convenient for those people that want to go see baseball. Right, Rob? I mean, now that you can record and go catch a, uh, a Braves game at night. Uh, and for those of you that are interested in learning more about the studio, uh, their website's www.wonderdogsounds. That's sounds, S-E-U-N-D-S, dot com. And they're in, a good, they're in a good spot for the stadium because they, um, 
you're close. You're kind of close to it, but you're not so close to it that you're going to be stuck in traffic all the time. They're at a point where you can get around the traffic easily, so that's pretty cool. So, uh, in in honor of Josh uh, and all the work he's done for us, uh, and the fact that he's produced the new Voodoo album, the Voodoo Visionary album, uh, right there over at uh, Wonder Dog Sound Studios. Um, we're going to go out there and we're going to we're going to interview Voodoo Visionary. We'll talk about their new album, talk about the recording studio, and uh, who knows what else we'll talk about. Maybe we'll talk about baseball while we're there. Hell, you know what? Maybe we'll actually go see a baseball game. Let's try to let's try to make that happen, Rob. All right, before we throw it to the interview, um, I got a couple things I'm going to talk about at the end. Um, because we're still, you know, we're still doing this for free and we're not making any money yet. So, I've been looking for ways to to get other benefits from this show and one thing i'm going to ask my listeners for at the end of the show is a bit of a catharsis if you will i uh i have one thing that i did that was pretty dumb and i have one thing i did that was and i have one thing i did that was maybe maybe a bit cruel and i'm not i'm not proud of it i'll tell you at the end of the show Whoa, the phones are ringing. You start, I think you started a fundraiser. It sounds like you're like calling a fundraiser there. All this I had to do, all I had to do was say catharsis and they started calling in. We have a very literate listenership. Oh my God. And we're not even live. This is amazing. Um, Hey, Rob, you know, I didn't mention the reason why I'm in South Florida is I'm here to uh, support my folks, uh, help my mom out. She just uh, got out of surgery and she's doing wonderful. Um, but we're here at my mom's house. Should we should we have should I bring her in at the end to say hello? I think that would be a trip. Can we have dueling moms? Can we have you imitating her as she's on the phone? Uh, I, 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 I don't know if she'll go for that. But, uh, <laughs> I, 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 that that would mean that she would actually go back and listen to episode one where I do my um, my uh, parental impersonations. And, well, you uh, folks will have to tune in at the end. You folks will have to tune in at the end and see because we got to get to this interview. I don't think Big Gigantic fans are dying to hear this. The, the one thing that struck me about Big Gigantic was that um, Jeremy and I clearly know each other, and neither of us could figure out from where. Once again, Rob, it's uh, it's called being a music fan because Jeremy, as you'll all discover here in this interview, is is a fan of music, big time, and that's actually how he got into being a musician. So let's uh, let's just jump right into it. This was a very enjoyable interview. We went to the Georgia Theater um, where Big Gigantic was. At a, I believe it was a sold out on a Monday night um, concert. And we we were able to sit down with them and really dive deep. So, yeah, y'all enjoy. And by the way, the tracks you're hearing are off their new album. Rob, tell them about the new album. Oh, it's what's it called? Brighter Future. Here's the thing: I went through their whole catalog, and and when I do the researching for these interviews, I generally listen everything once, and then move on and look for you know, other stuff to listen to, but the, the newest record, man, I listened to it over and over and over again. Hip hop is well represented on there. Jen Hartswick is well represented. The, the, it's infectious, man. It, it's really, really good bass. And there's a lot of textures and stuff. And when Dominic Sachs kicks in, it's just, just at the right times. We really, really carefully chose the music for this, for this, um, episode and it's all from the new cd it is brighter future except right 
Yes, I believe I'm so. I'm going off the top of my head here. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so here's the interview, everybody. Enjoy, and uh, stick around for the end. We got some more commentary coming your way. Backstage at the Georgia Theater. So much more homey than the old Georgia Theater backstage. It is beautiful back here. It, is it used to be quite there. rustic. Yeah, It did. I don't I think there was a backstage. Yeah, like, you just walk no, out you, back. No, you, well, it there was, was the little stairwell that also, kind of like that little closet oh, yeah. door behind the stage. Yep. Yeah, we are joined by Dominic Lolly and Jeremy Salkin of Big Gigantic. What's happening, guys? Of Big Gigantic. Hey, now. They are Big Gigantic. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. You got the whole band here right now. Yes. Yeah, happy to happy to be here with y'all. Yeah, thanks for having us. Jeremy grew up in Virginia, self-taught drummer, correct? Played yep. Frogger Rock guitar, right? Yep. Where did you Where did you grow up, Dominic? Uh, Vegas. And, and how early did you start playing? Uh, I started piano lessons at I don't know, I forget, maybe eight, eight or nine or something like that. And you know, like every kid, I was like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then eventually, I took up sax and in you know sixth grade or whatever. How'd you how'd you move from drums? Any other instruments along the way? Um, I mean, Fraggle Rock guitar, guitar, of course, was first, and then yeah, I don't know. I just I like when I was really little, like two or three, I started taking pots and pans and like flipping them upside down and getting chopsticks and just like playing on them. It was but practicing just, rudiments already. Yeah, I was practicing chopsticks, um, pots and pans, diddles, and yeah, it was strange because there's no like musical family members really. Like my, it wasn't like it was. I was watching movies of it or seeing it anywhere. I was just like, I just started doing it. And my folks, my mom and my grandfather especially were really supportive of that. And, and like my grandfather bought me the, like this like little Muppet Babies drum set. I could hear your mother now. He's going to hurt someone with that. <laughs> yeah. She, God bless her. She put up with a lot of noise growing up. But that's why I'm here today. And then when you went on tour, uh, fish tour that is, I, I understand you yeah. told your mom, look, but I'm efficient. But I'm efficient. <laughs> Dominic, how supportive yeah, were your parents? 
how supportive? Yeah, uh, music. Uh, super supportive. You know, I think obviously probably a little little frightened at times, um, but I think they always have my back. Yeah, for sure, and always encouraged it. I mean, you know, it's kind of the opposite of, of Jeremy, and you know, my mom was always like, "Come to choir rehearsal with me in a church church choir and stuff." And um, so I was I was kind of doing that, and you know, my grandfather's a drummer, so my dad drummed a little bit under a recording studio with some friends so there was always some stuff going on but grandfather uh, professional drummer uh yeah in vegas he was doing like um uh i forget the name of the what the name of the casino was at the time but yeah he was like he was like known as like one of the a jazz drummer in around town and stuff like that i bet he knew ron tut he probably he probably did i I'm, i don't know ron tut but he played with elvis and he played with jerry garcia i yeah i don't know but he, he may have yeah no doubt I want to ask if you could tell us about who Global Funk Council is, how you met them, and what important role they played in your career. Um, that was that was kind of through me. Yeah, I had moved I was out. Like, wait, I'm like, yeah, wait, wait. Don, you you met those cats like a long time ago. It's like slowly. Yeah, back to me right now. They so yeah, I moved to Breckenridge to be like a snowboard bomb, pretty much, and just live out there. I was I had grown up playing music and and but just wanted to get out of Virginia and was living in Breck and I had seen global funk council before. Um, and they were like playing at, uh, the goat in Keystone. And I literally was like, told my roommate, I was like, dude, we got to go check these guys out. They're a badass group. Is that when we were roommates or no? No, this is two thousand and like two. Yeah, say that's gotta be early two thousands. That's still when Foxtrot Zulu was on bills. Okay. Yeah. So global funk council had, so they came through. I went and saw them at the Goat, and I was watching the show. And I was like, "Man, oh, that's a totally different drummer." Because before, uh, the drummer was singing, and he was just, "Oh, he's bad. He's so good." He's <laughs> and so this new drummer obviously like didn't know the tunes. I was telling my roommate, I was like, "Dude, I was like, I probably know their songs like better just from listening <laughs> to them and like hearing their album." He's like, I probably could play these tunes. He's like, Oh yeah, you play drums, yeah, sure, whatever. Like he didn't know. I just met him randomly in Breckenridge, so he didn't know me or my past or anything. And so when I went to the freaking bathroom, I come back and he's like, "You might have to play in a second. And then <laughs> wow. Anthony, the keyboard player, gets on. And he's like, "I hear we have a drummer in the audience tonight." And of course, there's like you know, there's oh like thirty God. people in the in the goat. It's not like it was packed or you know anything. And yeah. then. And they get me to sit in, and I hadn't played in probably six months or so, um, and sat in with them, and they were like, "Whoa, like he can actually play." <laughs> you thought you were out, and they pulled you back. Yeah, in. and then they they had me sit in for a second song, and then like the next day or day after, they they were playing in Vale a couple days later, and like they called me and were like, "Yo, if you want to come, like we're looking for a full time drummer. This guy was like part time, you know, had just filled in for these gigs." They're like, if you want to try out, like that would be great. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. Awesome. Like, I was just in Brett's doing nothing. <laughs> and then I went and tried out with them, and they were like, you're great, but like, you should, you know, essentially practice more. <laughs> Sharpen and up on and they were like, they were like, we're trying <laughs> to find some someone. Notes, uh... Yeah, they were like, we're trying to find someone who'd been on the road for a while. And I was like, so green, you know, I was like 22. And, but they were like, you should move, you should go to Boulder and like study with Dave Watts. And that's where the like motet kind of connection came in for me. Now, for um, Dominic was in yeah. New York, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Global Funk played a role in you getting to Colorado too, right? I don't think so. I thought they hipped so. you to the motet coming to New York, 
and then you went and saw the motet. Well, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you the story okay. how it actually happened. So um, straighten it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, my friend um, from Flagstaff. Um, I, I did my undergrad in Flagstaff. So my friend from Flagstaff, uh, <clears throat> while I was living in New York, and what's I his just, name? Uh, there's, there's this girl, her name's Kathleen Hollingsworth. She's her a name. piano player, singer. Okay, yeah, I know that name. I can't you rec- maybe know her. Yeah, she was she was kind of doing some stuff with some different people. She's out in like Reno, something like that. Okay. I think she's up in Washington State now, but anyways, um, she was like, "Hey, uh, this." I had just finished uh, grad school, Manhattan School of Music, and you know it's tough to find work in New York. You know, it's fifty dollar jazz gigs and a wedding here or there. You know, it's tough, man. Um, well, you should have gotten the bar mitzvah circuit. Then you would have yeah, been making money. It been yeah. Better, but that, I mean, <laughs> the whole reason why I moved to Colorado and stuff. But um, anyways, she was like, she hit me up one day and was like, "Hey." Um, I saw you remember these guys in Motet. They're like looking for um, a, someone solid. They don't have anyone solid. They're changing their thing up. And I mu- must have been right around when Jans left for the first time. And uh, well, and it was Scott. Scott was still in it. Scott though, right? was still in it. Yeah, he was in it all the time. I was in it. Um, but this is this is the point where they were changing. They were trying to kind of figure out their groove. If I recall, this is kind of the Harvest Fest year, right yeah, around two thousand. You at Harvest Festival in, in Georgia, and they were yeah. looking to kind of change in, bring in that Afro kind mm-hmm. of beat. Mm-hmm. style if you yep. want to call it afro funk if you yep. will they were touring around with some different sax players mm-hmm. different chemi was uh oh, that's right chemi sat with them he couple. was in new york when i went and sat with him but anyways she hit me to it so i like wrote dave um and i you know, i was like hey man i'm like interested in the in the gig you know my friend told me about you guys yada yada he was like send me a cd so i got like all my my short bus uh shit because i was in this band uh, in arizona called short bus funk band we do like we, it was the best it was the best it was super fun and so anyways i got all my like short bus solos together and a couple of my jazz solos from my uh, master's recital and sent him over and he's like cool sounds good man like you know we're playing in new york in like two weeks come hang um so i was like cool and it was one of those boat rock the boat cruises that went out to the harbor and came back or whatever yeah. So yeah, I just jumped on. I mean, I was like fucking trying out on a boat. It was like <laughs> rocking like this. I was like had to like brace myself and be like, okay, like you know, you can do this, man. But um, yeah, so a hammered that, audience, right? What's that? Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, it was it was funny. But yeah, um, and that and that was my first. You know, that kind of kicked everything off. And then after that, basically, you know, Dave was like, you know, here, you know, we got dates. Here's the dates and whatever you can do. And this, so that's kind of how it all. I got hip to the motet. And one of the precursors to Big Gigantic was the fact that you would often sit in with the EDM bands in Colorado. And I'm wondering, yeah. how did you talk them into that? Well, um, well, that... that <laughs> they talked him into it. Yeah, <laughs> really no. Well, you know, that the process started, so we, with the motet, it was like... Um, and, and that time, like, EDM, I don't even think was a word. Right, yeah. I don't even think there it was were just a word letters yet. in the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of like this was like this is like this like Sound Tribe. Thing. You know, this is like Five Nights Sound Tribe. Five Nights at the Boulder Theater yeah. times. Well, Sound Tribe, uh, Jamtronic. You know, they they, they were they're they were Atlanta like band. first introducing you know electronic sounds into it. Maybe Pretty Lights. You know, what probably wasn't even quite a thing yet. You know, Bass yeah. Nectar was just opening for yeah, Disco yeah, Biscuits. Ne- yeah, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Sure, and. um uh, with his hands so oh yeah so we were with the motet we were like cool the concept was like let's do the afrobeat stuff 
you know, because we were in a fail, super in a fail and all that stuff. But let's like start introducing some of these like electronic sounds into it. So it's like I got to, you know, everyone's getting a computer and be like, first of all, we didn't even know how to use a damn computer. So that, that yeah. was a thing in itself. We're like, fuck, I don't know how, how do you, you know, that was like a whole feat in trial itself. and error, just, right? Yeah, just even like, how do I open? I just need to find this file. I don't even know how to find it. Yeah. You know, what I mean? just, just like see that. that scene from. Uh, so and and I actually yeah the the laptop that I got was from Jan, I bought from Jans who was the um, you know the old the old singer for the motet anyway so we're messing around with all these sounds and then that got us into like people who were doing things like that uh, a la Sound Tribe uh, there was uh, the Numa Trio who was doing a lot of opening mm-hmm. stuff so I had befriended Alex uh, from the Numa Trio bass player he pr- produced all the stuff and that's when I started getting into like okay conceptually being like okay I can I, I want to songwrite via my computer you know it was like that so before that you were you weren't really doing anything in the electronica scene or no we were just like we just go out and be like oh new materials playing like let's go sit in or you know and then uh, i don't even think soundtribe didn't even have me sit until it was officially big gigantic i don't think right or did i maybe do one Sit in they're very careful thing. who they have sit in with them. Soundtrack. I yeah. think we were already we were already, we were already you were like hanging with like Murph was Murph was, was hanging with Alex from the yeah. new, Matri- the new Matrio guys and I was just random sit ins with some different jam people and uh, that all at the same time uh, sort of I was doing the stuff with Pangea which was like uh, Chris Berry and Michael Kang's side project I was playing in Kyle's side project he was doing some like more trippy sort of sounds Kyle Hollingsworth yeah Kyle mm-hmm. Hollingsworth yeah. So that was all sort of, and then me and Jeremy were like living together there and doing like bar gigs and weddings and shit. And you were learning the whole EDM thing at the same time, right? I mean, I was just, I was playing in like funk bands and doing random gigs in Boulder and Denver and kind of had like little little bands um here and there and we were into like the neo soul shit we were yeah. like we were like trying deep to, into that and then radiohead and tom yeah. york and that was like true, what that. was electronic kind of <laughs> no that's true that's true actually but and, and as much and as you were as much as you were playing you were you were also going and see music i mean that, that yeah you were yeah. you you came from the fan side re- yeah kind, i mean kind of the uh, kind of both like obviously i was in bands we would play at bars nobody would be there you know, I was still in a band, I was, but I, I like love music. I love going to see it and still go to see a lot of shows and play them too. I don't know. So it's, <laughs> it's fun. But yeah, I was definitely going to a ton of shows and like had become friends with a lot of people in the scene. That's Dom and I met kind of on Jam Cruise, like kind of through that. And that was when I was with Kyle's band. Yeah. Um, that was like the first time we played together was on Jam Cruise. So when did you decide? What, what's what's the genesis, the seeds of the actual big gigantic era? Uh, well, <laughs> you got the computer. It's funny because yeah, because I got the computer. We were living together, and it was like it was like every time you know I make a new beat every day or yep. every couple days or knock on my once door, a week, and I'd be like, "Yo, dude, like <laughs> check this check out. this beat out." And yeah. you know, it's like one of those where you're like, it's like it's cool, you know, like the idea is cool or whatever. But then I'd like. It you know I was like stoned and just like making stuff and then I get Jeremy and then like halfway through I'd be, I'd be like this is so cool and then you're kind of like, this is pretty cool it's pretty cool it's alright <laughs> like you know because you're just like learning so like I said you know I'm like learning the computer on top of like learning yeah, how to check use email, Ableton how to and, use yeah it. I was like I don't want to check my email it was like <laughs> yeah but um yeah and I think I think um you know what happened is I this one promoter friend of ours. I remember being in the car with him one day and being like, 
hey man like i'm thinking about maybe starting this project like you know would you book me on a gig if we did you know this is what we're thinking da, da, da. and he was kind of like yeah dude like you should definitely like i'll book you dave yeah dave and, sheldon yeah euphonic conceptions yeah and he was doing a lot of the, these parties and stuff. so anyways and that was kind of like okay i think i can do this and then i knew jeremy you know was like you know my homie and, and it was like the perfect guy for tons of reasons for for the gig and uh and yeah i was just like dude do you want to like do this thing with me you know and uh and that's pretty much how it went down, I yep, think, right? Yeah, and we're like, can definitely. I? Can we rehearse in your garage? Yeah, <laughs> that was the next question. Yep. <laughs> and and you're a shining example of modern approach. You're independent and have been from the start. You yeah. have from the start used your albums to promote the tours rather than the other way around. Yep. Two very modern things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throw into that as well the addition of uh, the bring, you, every tour you have, you're stepping up your lighting game, uh, your visual design. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you mention that because I'm you know I research this and I'm reading articles from throughout their career and I keep hearing yeah this tour we're changing. Our light show, yeah, changing our light show, changing our light show. It's, it's almost as though every tour. tour. Yeah, pretty well, much everyone. There was a point where like we're definitely going to keep this one for at least a year, like two two tours, and no. we've we've changed every single tour. <laughs> is it primarily your decision, or is that coming from Ben? Where the fans for you? It's, it's all, all for us. us. All, yeah, all you know, three of us. Yeah, we just wanted to. You know, we we wanted. You know, we just wanted to be fresh. You know, and for and our listeners, Ben is their manager. Our manager, yes, yeah, Ben Baruch, and he's been with us. You know, basically the whole time, and we did about six months or something to a year by ourselves kind of yeah but and uh yeah he you know we all the three of us it's like uh it's it's like the uh, tricycle or whatever three-way street three-way street we're all kind of there like supporting each other and and it it helps kind of having having that yeah and then one question i want to ask you guys is is here you you're not really a jam band you're not really an edm band you're kind of this this mix of you, know, you talk about a street you're the same, the same thing with sure. your music how was it uh how did it approach for you guys to enter into the edm to the to the point that you're playing edm festivals i mean you guys just did holy ship you're the only you were one of the only bands i guess grizz would is also considered mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. where you have the live instrumentation yeah mm-hmm. and doing the dj style sounds. yes i repeatedly hear from people who go to edm festivals even some people who are big edm fans but it can be uh, get to be a bit too much repetition mm-hmm. and they speak of you guys as being an oasis of being like uh, getting back into the roots by seeing nice. your set amidst mm-hmm. all of this do you yeah, get any yeah. of that kind of feedback um for i mean yeah. i feel like people seem to appreciate it yeah <laughs> but like going back to sort of what you were saying i think you know, it's just it's just the the process. Uh, it's the really the process of the of the thing, and the you know we don't even think about it as like okay, like we need to do EDM now or something like that. Sure, you know what yeah, I mean, or anything no, like definitely. that. It's more like okay, like what what's our goal? You know, and what are, goal are we setting? And like how how do we get there? Like in terms of ex- musical exploration, you know, even and and um, so like that. So that's how we get into like. Uh, trying to figure out these sounds and and you know different things like that that are like new that we can like sort of add to the palette of what mm-hmm. we eventually want to do which i think you know finally we're kind of able to get you know it just takes time you know because it's like me like learning all this shit and trying to figure it out <laughs> it takes a little bit of time but i think we finally with brighter future landed in a spot where we're like okay like we're musicians and we love music we love sounds but we love yeah. this and that so Producing. you know but you know you kind of have to you know you have to you can't just like 
you have to like you know i'm like a process guy like i'm like a work at it every day go through the process like you know almost like i'm a, a athlete or something you know with it so i'm like look i just got to keep working through this thing i'm gonna get it and this is like i see what the the goal is kind of thing so you know it's more of like a realizing the full potential of and and how, how to get there is why you know the road we took mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you mentioned brighter future and you incorporate i think more hip-hop elements than you have in, in previous ones can you mm-hmm. talk about selecting waka flock of flame and logic and roses and what's special about them as rap uh, hip-hop artists yeah well i think um the hip-hop stuff is something we've all we've always super loved a lot and and i think that's where i started with uh, mm-hmm. with with fire it up you know the very first stuff you know obviously no you know, this is just all the beats that I had made up to that point in time released, but really much more like hip hop style thing. That's something that we've always sort of incorporated, I think, uh, at least this couple songs or whatever into each album. But um, I think with this one, we we're like, OK, like, let's like do this for real, you know, and um, you know, the reasons why we pick those people, uh, you know, mostly because uh, we've had relationship with them. They're like, you know, friends of ours through another other friends or something like that. Waka Flocka, um, you know, he's mostly known for doing, you know, a lot of not music that's like actual hip hop, you know? Um, although I uh, was flipping through the internet one day and heard him um, do a, uh, he did like a remix over, it was like a J. Cole beat and J. Cole stuff's a little more hip hop so he did a, he did like a couple verses over this J. Cole thing and I was That's like, my damn. my nephew's favorite, J. Cole. Oh, really? No, we yeah, he's killing. Show. So he's like, he's like, I heard this and I was like, damn, like he can really get down on like the, the hip hop shit. So anyways, uh, yeah. And we had done these mad decent block parties, you know, uh, with Flostradamus. He was out with Flostradamus mm-hmm. doing, um, like hype ago. manning for some shows and stuff like that. So we had met and had a good rapport. He's a super nice guy. And, um, we got along really good. So anyways, we hit him up. He loved the beat and just went in and threw it through the, threw that down like on quick, it. Quick, right? Yeah. He, yeah, like he did it in a night or like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, same with Logic. I huge. met I met Logic uh, because um, actually through this kid Boone, who Boone is like an avid Soundtribe fan. Dude, and I know exactly that, who you're that, talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I met and I met Boone here. <laughs> Dude, I think that's here an at old the friend maybe Brian Hugs and that whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe here at the Georgia Tennessee Theater, I met him or something like that, somewhere like that. Anyways, he's like, "Yo, dude, I'm doing." lights for logic like come down i was like cool i was like oh i got all my beats on my phone and then i met logic and played that same beat it was the very first you like, met him he brought you right out to sit in uh, no not to sit no. in i just met him backstage and i had all my beats oh, and okay. i was like hey man like check out i'm working on this check i'm working on that. He's like, oh i like that beat and that was the same beat that we you know that i did with so that's pretty cool when someone like that says he likes your, your beat yeah right? absolutely. i'm sure he hears a lot of beats huh? absolutely and he he's a really super talented, talented guy super nice super nice cat uh you know obviously very smart like genius genius status like rubik's cubes like this and all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit. Of yeah so um yeah so did i leave anyone out there i can't remember well i don't know one funny thing that when i hear hip-hop or edm i'm, I'm a kind of a diseased deadhead and i'll hear garcia licks over it yeah <laughs> and you have a song in this album the one with jennifer hartswick yeah what's it called uh well there's a couple uh the one with the guitar on it uh what what got- you gonna Got the love, or or I gotta know. Oh, I, I gotta, gotta know. know. Yeah, the guitar on that is oh. what's in my head a lot when I'm listening to this music. You guys actually have it on your record. Who's playing that yeah. guitar? Um, I'm trying to think. It might just. It's nice tone. Stumped you. Yes. 
I can't think. I can't think if it's a sample that I found. I yeah. played it on Ableton, or someone came in and played it. But one of those th- three things happened. That's the thing about Spotify. You can't get the album mm, credits okay, on it. Okay. You know. Mm, no, but it mm. wasn't. If it had been like like Kraz is on one of the tracks. Oh, you know Kraz, I mean? Kraz is so, like Kraz, Kraz solo is on that. Yep, that is Kraz on, soloing on I Got Enough. But there's also someone playing kind of behind it. Uh, that way. maybe that is him actually. I, it might just be a sample. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Some I can't. I have to go back and look. A long but not a Garcia ago. sample for anyone that's not out a, there. Not a Jerry Garcia right sample, no. though. But <laughs> yeah, Allah in the style of what were you saying? Some of these tunes were made. Well, yeah. I mean, the process of making them, you know, goes back a few years, and then it's like the tracks there, and we're playing it out live, and then yeah. finally. Uh, you know, singer or rapper or whatever kind of comes together, and we're like, Oh, this yeah. would be perfect for you know, Dom's know. like in the studio or his freaking lab forever, like doing this and this. And we'll play these songs yeah, live they a lot of before they versions. ever have a vocal on them. Yeah, some of them, some of them you make, and it's like, Bam, and then it's, it's like, That's it's a ready, turn, yeah. but yeah. I know. Yeah, it gotta could, know you like chopped up some stuff that Jen sang like a while ago. And, yeah, or something. yep, yeah, it all, that, yeah, that too. That it's it's weird the way it comes together. Yeah, because I'll like all it'll be called like you know whatever, and then I rename it, and then I bounce it, and then I remix it, and then you know, so it's called like fifty different yeah. things by the end of it. I don't so even I'm know like, the name of the tune by the end of it because I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's that one. It's yeah, the, that whatever. used to be called like yeah, funky thing one or yeah, whatever. <laughs> literally for six months it'd be funky thing. So I'm like, cool, funky thing. And they're like, wait, now it's got a title. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. So how's that come out when you're playing your live performances? Are you, you know, do you stick into a set list or are you actually kind of or doing what yeah, you're they, just saying there, throwing this like, oh, you know what? Let's, you hear him going on well, with some the funky new beat, stuff, you kind of pull it together and pull it out. Well, um, you mean for the, like our new songs or well, just in general, like the organicness the set, of the, yeah. Of the, of the set change night to night or tour to tour? Uh, mostly tour to tour. You know, we switch a few things night to night, um, but we've been working on all this shit with yeah. our light guy and all this stuff. So we're yeah, we try and know, get everything as dialed as possible. You know, there's there we. There's definitely some flexibility, and we move stuff around, but because yeah. of the, you know. But honestly, I like it that way because we work so hard on our show and stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I want to present like you know the best possible thing I can present to, you know, especially people who haven't seen us before, haven't seen this tour or whatever, you know. So yeah. I, I'm happy about I'm happy about it, you know. Yeah. I, I, and we I, play differently every night. Yeah, like, like and, and we're we're touring so our new album, so I like want to play our new album, yeah. you know, and I yeah. want to get switched in some little old things and stuff like that. But I want to play that stuff, and I want to like focus on that stuff and. And because I, I like it, and, and you emphasize the that that it's a show. Yeah, you know, it's not just a concert. You're, yeah, you, you look at it more as a show. You have the the visual side, yeah. and that is a big piece of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If we were like a jam band, I would be like, okay, like we're we're focusing on the wrong thing. You know, we need to focus on mixing, doing di- different things yes. every night, and maybe yeah. less on like I don't know songwriting or stuff like that. You know, I, I don't know, but I I think we're focusing on like a lot of songwriting and we and don't stop the entire show. Like yeah. we're, so there's not like, you know, stop what song should we play? Right. Or what should go, we do? Go, go, go. It's, it's literally the, the way Dom crafts the set. It's to like beat your ass up and make you like worn out by the end of the show. <laughs> and you know, which is great. And then in the like nicest way possible. Though. Yeah. From what I've seen you've been <laughs> successful many times. Well, we want people to be sweating and tired and have a great experience. Yeah. And we want to take them, you know, on that journey kind of roller coaster vibes. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, when it's crafted like that, well, 
it's like it's going to be knocked out of the park. Yeah. It's not going to be yeah. weird. Well, is it true now that you guys have the big GYM series, which is the, your uh, treadmill and elliptical uh, soundtracks? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah, we do have elliptical set up in the, in the, <laughs> on the balconies. Where <laughs> Yo, but for real, though. get the power of the stage. <laughs> for real, I have, uh, you know, I have, I, if we were a different sort of vehicle, you know, I have so much respect for bands that are, you know, Humphreys, uh, String Cheese, you know, who are, you know, changing up their, you know, I have a, we haven't played oh, this absolutely. song in, you know, X years and all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're killing, I mean, uh, uh, phenomenal musicians, amazing players. And, you know, that's their vessel is set up for that. You know right, what I mean? Right. And, and they're the best guys doing it. Well, and it's, yeah. and it's awesome. And the fact that we get to get up there and like <clears throat> with String Cheese, what we did over, uh, uh, New the Year's, yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was killer. It was crazy. Yeah, and and like you know, and just like, but doing things like you know, really bringing those two vehicles, like I was saying, together. Like we're doing one thing, you know, here, and yep. you know, maybe the other guys are doing another. Thing. Really, just figuring out a way to mold those things together because we love to do both of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where and, we came. Uh, you know, and, and it really worked. It from. really worked out great. It was really we didn't really know how exactly we were going to approach it. We like kind of had an idea, but well, how much did you get to rehearse for that? Uh, we got a few rehearsals in, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're gonna, yeah, we got a few rehearsals in. We're gonna be trying to do it more though. So, whose idea was a weather report? I love weather. Report. Uh, I think maybe mine or maybe the, I don't know. Somebody dropped. I think at one point we were talking about doing a different, like Joe's Albanot tune. Right. What do they usually do. They usually Can't do think. like there's a song they play and then we were then they somehow brought up Black Market and we we're like yeah 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 I I think I Birdland. played it with them one time they usually oh, Birdland, play Birdland right. and they're like oh Birdland, let's try yeah. and switch it up do this we right. they'd done it like once before and we're all big fans of yeah of Jack Weather Report and Joe and all that mm-hmm. you know um, so it was, I think it was cool I can't remember if we did it solely by itself I feel like that was one of those where we did like we did like most of the tune then we went like mm-hmm. we did some build up that Segway. went into my tune and then da 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 and then and then we went a big build up into like I don't know Desert something. Dawn or whatever the yeah. hell we did something like that it was fun doing the but, segue <clears throat> and kind of stuff with that because yeah. I mean I grew up going to see String Cheese when I was like younger so it was super cool to be on stage with them like performing like our stuff and their stuff and it being this like really fluid kind of thing where we're improvising we're we're, you know mixing kind of both worlds Mm -hmm. um and i remember telling billy too i was like i want to play like a just like a tear jerker ballad like i can't remember if we ended up doing it in the end but hopefully we do but you know really so we get all the like aspects of you know the you know that song kind of kind of songwriting and the more jam thing Mm -hmm. than us and just like get all that in there you know because we we love we love it, man. I mean, yeah. all kinds of music, you know. So yeah. a lot of a lot of the sit-ins that that uh, I mean that that was a planned sit-in. Uh, yeah. But yeah. when you guys are at festivals, there's a lot often that you guys are thrown into the mix and sitting in with other artists, sure. and especially like your, you know, you guys are friends with Grizz, and mm-hmm. you know have that. But also like I just imagine you know like uh, Electric Forest is a great example where not only you guys playing your set but then you're also sitting in with other ar- artists and then there's like the pop-up late night you'd be mm-hmm. at the wet tent or mm-hmm. yeah. on top of someone's <laughs> rv so a lot of that sort of stuff i yeah, mean what are some of the more unusual uh, and and unique collaborations you guys have been involved with well i mean playing on top of the rvs last year at yeah at, uh, where was this at electric forest mm-hmm. somebody had said there was like out in ga or the rv area there were Family, these rvs know, the what the camping that they started yeah that year. yeah yeah. we there was an opportunity to do that and we had that was definitely like one of the coolest things and i think the second either 
second Rothbury maybe we when we did the wet tent yeah. thing we like and that's kind of like um Jason you know from Cherub and instigating being like mm-hmm. we brought a PA with us yeah and we can find this shit and we're like we are so down like let's do it out <laughs> in GA like let's do something special mm-hmm. and like and and we've done a ton in the VIP thing which is like right, built right. up now into this like huge thing is like yeah. the what they do there but yep yeah we've been in some crazy crazy situations we did a thing with murph like the first rothberry i think like in the mm-hmm. this is david murphy from Second david Night? murphy yeah mm-hmm. he was like djing he was like djing yeah. on itunes and we were just yeah. playing <laughs> yeah. in a crystal tent in yeah. like on shakedown <laughs> at, I th- maybe that was the second oh, rothberry that, yeah oh that was fun i remember that yeah. wow that was and trav late. michael travis was, was there he's like, always game to do the late the, yeah. the late night jason early morning. Too. yeah they're yep. they're they're in for it they're for sure for and jason absolutely mm-hmm. um but yeah, we've that's always a fun place to get. To well, you get guys wild. are welcome back this year. To, if you're at, are you guys at Electric Forest? One yeah. of them you are, right? Yep. Or yeah, both. Both of them. Both of both. Both. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. the wet tent will be there. And yeah, we'd well, love to close it there. out with you guys. We're going to be there do doing, all, doing, doing as much <laughs> crazy shit as we can for sure. Yeah, 100%. Dom sits in with everybody at Electric Forest. I usually get like eight sit-ins or something like that. Are you? Do you have like an arsenal that's just for the sit-ins? So you kind of are prepared and do some of these musicians know your beats that you're, you know, so they it kind of just fits or you just jump in and kind of jam? Uh, just I just jump in and jam. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what key? What key are we in? Every time, are, cool. there, are there ever any artists that are like, hey, we kind of want you to take this kind of thing and do this kind of deal in this part? Or is it On always just go for it? Yeah, uh, Maybe um, they'll be like, hey, like learn the melody, guitar melody in the chorus or something like that. And I'll try to learn it real quick or whatever. And then, then they're just like, yeah, blow and blow. So it's mostly just it. play a solo. <laughs> go play a solo. They're just using it for solo. Now, speak- Which is cool. I like that. Yeah. I noticed I'm <laughs> looking here at the uh, fridge and I notice all this health stuff here. So I'm curious. It must um, it, it must be... A couple slender, good-looking guys. It, <laughs> I know you're, you're slender because you play the drums, but I'm guessing it's because you eat a lot of... Than I do. You eat all the beats that are in the fridge. Is that no, right? No, I don't. Oh, Lord. No? Dude, he's the drummer, bro. I just, oh, fi- I just finished damn. that. Ooh. Come on, dog. Um, <laughs> he has the beats. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we like to keep it healthy, head. man. I'm, he yeah, I'm getting beats. old, man. I got to gotta take to, care of ourselves, but we still to, go in. I mean, when we're, yeah. you know, I had fried chicken last night. So like, <laughs> like, we're not getting after it on tour. You yeah. Eat. <laughs> no, we try to stay a little healthy, you know. All right, another savvy decision in the great history of Big Gigantic. Um, mm-hmm. There was a period a few years ago, they sold out like five in a row in Colorado or something. Mm-hmm. They get the Red Rocks offer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's and talk they about decide, Red rather than just play Red Rocks, we're going to start a festival, start it, make it a thing. Mm-hmm. And make they it call it Rowdy Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Can you talk about the first Rowdy Town and how it's unfolded and tell us about what you got in plan Dude. for this year. Dude, wow. Well... Man, yeah, what a great. Uh, I think I feel like Ben was kind of like, we should do it. Like, you know, let's build this. Like, a f- we can build like festival, or whatever. Yeah. So that was sort of this decision to put a name on it that wasn't just our name. And five acts a day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- five total or four or I think four. I think we used to do five, five at the that. beginning, yeah. but but the four longer sets. It's Colorado yeah. <laughs> high five. But the, our very first one was our direct support was Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Wow. Amazing. Uh, under that was Dylan Francis. Under that was Grizz. And under support. that was, uh, yeah, as our support. So now, yeah. you know, because we caught, we uh, had a suspicion that uh, Ma- uh, Macklemore's album, The Heist, was like going to be big. Uh-huh. And, so, you're on the uh, edge and so we kind of like, we got him yeah. pretty early. But yeah, like even by the time that the show happened, he was like getting pretty big. 
pretty big. Yeah. But yeah, all the artists in their own right. Um, you still in touch with him? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I did walk into the room and I was like, hey guys, thanks so much for coming out. And they were like, cool, man. Yeah. He happens to be a really like, big fan of our show. So if you have anything you want to say to him, now would be an oh ideal time. Oh, my Macklemore. Oh, is he? Oh, huge fan. Okay, cool. Absolutely. What's up, bro? I saw him of honor because he was on the Pearl Jam stage and when I was already in VIP, so I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. But then the guy, uh, the hip hop guy came in, Chance the Rapper. I oh, think. Chance, yeah. Oh, the place went nuts. Yeah. Went but nuts. Uh, yeah, that was our first one. And uh, we've just, uh, we've keep expanding. Uh, this is, we moved it to two nights after the second year. So this is going to be our fifth uh, year of two nights, I think. And mm-hmm. who's on it this year? Yeah. Uh, well, we can't tell you that quite yet. Okay. Um, but Here, just say we'll it. I'll just be for you guys. We'll this airs it. March fifteenth. We'll, we'll, yeah. When, <laughs> I see you. I see you winking at me over there, yeah. but I don't think you're gonna get it out of me. <laughs> he trying. Nah, um, but yeah, we're gonna release the lineup soon. But yeah, this is uh, our uh, sixth Rowdy Town six. Rowdy Town, Excellent. amazing. We're Safe. just blessed. We feel blessed that it's our backyard and we can go out there and play yeah. and do and do it every year and. It's going to be, man, this year is it's even going to be... the greatest venue on earth. It's so going to be even better yeah. this year. I know we always say that every year, but we die trying to make sure it is yeah, every year. Yeah. We spend a lot of time trying yeah. to make it the rowdiest, rowdy town possible. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be such a great feeling for you guys to step on stage where the stage that you've been seeing so many shows mm-hmm. you know, throughout yeah. your life mm-hmm. and now just never gets old. Yeah, like, that really place, seriously, every, after we do it every year, I'm like... I could quit and be completely <laughs> yeah. happy with the rest of my life. The interesting like, thing was, about it is is that that statement that Jeremy just said is like that because that because I remember being like, dude, like if we could play the Fox and sell it out, dude, I would like retire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, dude, if we could like play whatever and then it's like Dude, if we could play Red Rocks, I would seriously retire. Yeah. That's like What's the next sixth one? one. It's fucking crazy, what? man. Time flies really, yeah. really, really does. Yes. And Rowdy does. Town sort of spawned the documentary. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we wanted to kind of just, just get the whole thing out there, you know, of our our story. and, and um, What's it called again? I saw it on Billboard. It's a Dream Big, I think. Pretty sure. Yes, Dream Big. And dream let's talk big. about some of that. Like, you almost forgot the flags. Huh? Mm. The fl- oh, yeah. yeah, we did. We were like, we did. shit. Go. Made a big entrance. It's, it's like so hectic right before going on stage at Red yeah. Rocks. There's so much going on. You're like, yeah. all right, we got five minutes. You're like, okay, okay, okay. And then <laughs> our whole families you know, are there. Families it's are like there. You're trying nuts. to say, make sure everybody's okay. It's yeah. like, can, can your uncle make it up the steps? Yeah. What's going on? You know, <laughs> uncle Jaime can't get up the steps. You got to escort him up there. And you know your mother's sitting back there giving you guilt if you don't. Oh. Yeah, it's like, are you going to help him? What do you have to do right now? You're not going to help your uncle? <laughs> no, we don't. There's, there's no encore. <laughs> but they come out, they hit the stage with a band, and they got these big flags. They go right to the front of the stage, so the crowd's worked up before they play a note. Yeah. It's really yeah. well done. They were hyped, and we 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 remembered the flags just very last minute. Yeah. Ran almost back forgot and got them. Almost, but yeah. Yep, we haven't done the flags since that one. <laughs> who's who's bringing out the visual design on that? Is that again something that you two or three are three, coming together yeah, with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Then um, our manager. And Dom and I, you know, are always constantly talking about what we can do. And then our light guy, uh, Ben Dogleash, is super. He's the man. Killing. And, and he has a ton of concepts and, t- and like, will present a lot of stuff to us. And we'll kind of or talk things over. Or we'll give him ideas. And it'll be like, yeah. this is real or not real. or. He's super um, integral part of, like, I, I think. Yeah, because we have that. We have, you know, him on the inside really, you know, caring and really, you know, care, like, loves the music cares about what is you know and working 
just as hard as we do on trying to get the vision right. So that it's it's awesome to have someone like that right now. But the yeah, he's been with We're us blessed, the last no since 2015 rowdy town yeah. he like came mm-hmm. on out of nowhere and yeah but before that i mean we've thanks had, to we've sophie had right over there thanks Soph. <laughs> thank you um <laughs> we we've had a lot of great light guys and crazy designs that like like our original um well the boxes, boxes yeah, like came out of that. yeah i don't remember how those came up the one after that was like a napkin design the one that those pods mm-hmm. that we had that was like drawn on a napkin, a napkin and then design. it was like how the you make this thing like real <laughs> like they're hanging above us they're like split yeah. in half and we almost and died many times on yeah that tour, now probably. like we've been told like no company would actually send that out and let it hang above our heads <laughs> Dude, we had, like, the like, way that thousands it was. of pounds of shit like right above yeah. us waiting to just fall Yikes. right on our head yeah but it never did it was maybe not <laughs> in hindsight but it didn't fall and it looked really really cool so is it challenging taking uh taking this lighting um rig with you to festivals and some of the different rooms you play because you play all different shapes different sizes. sizes yeah it's definitely uh been a challenge you know our production team i'm sure is like pulling their hair out kind of like how do we fit it in here how do we fit it in there but this tour they've done we kind of designed this rig really with that in mind like how can it scale easily mm-hmm. and this rig looks like great in every single room mm-hmm. and, and it does it's awesome. super psyched about it um but it is i mean i'm on those calls with them like how are we going to do this mm-hmm. can i fit in the truck where's the truck coming from what's yeah. going to do with this yeah. you know we're we're all very very um our the attention to detail super high with this with our squad yeah but that's what's helped helped it for us be you know keep working this long and you yeah. know we yeah. also see in the documentary you work with the Eagle Crest Marching Band. Yes, yep. Um, what was the original uh, idea of that, and how long did it take to get <clears throat> to convey to them? Because you can't just tell them to go jam. I mean, it was how many piece band? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that all came about um, via the first time we did Coachella. Okay. And so we wanted to do something cool there. And we oh, that's from Co- Coachella. Well, that's not um, okay. That's not, but different we, marching but band. The, different marching band. But okay. I went. Uh, we did a local marching band gotcha. that was there in Indio, and um, I basically what I did is I I just wrote them out parts. Um, I, I just knew what I wanted them to do, um, so I wrote out the parts like and, charted, like yeah, it, I wrote out yeah. charts for them and sent it to their band teacher. Which, and, by the way, takes a long time. That's detailed uh, work, right? Yeah, they have music programs um, that you can just, like, c- c- you can do it all on the computer. Well, you also it's have not, a, a master's not in jazz from, from where? Uh, Manhattan School Music. Yeah. Yeah. The boy knows that how to write. Were you he, in a marching band? I was in a marching band, yep. Ah, oh, yeah, high school. Too. High school. Yep, high school marching band, yep. But uh, anyway, so I wrote, uh, wrote out the parts, sent it to him, and then when we got to California, I you know drove out to the high school met up rehearsed them and stuff and you know just you know just kind of like did a little cl- mini clinic type of a thing how many of them were aware of J- big gigantic did you get a sense uh some of them knew some of them were like really excited other people were like i don't even know what's going Who on but guy? you know but that. um but obviously the experience for them you know um on especially the performance i mean you know they get a go we played in front of so many people and you know they had the color girls with the flags and all that stuff so color girl. um yeah, color guard. Sorry, color girls. And they sing. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So that same year, we were like, cool. We want to. We want to do this. Um, you know, let's do it locally 
and you know it can mean a little bit more um even because it's at our you know our home and everything like that so uh yeah went out and just basically did the same thing brought the kids out and um and they had a blast and you know it's cool one of the cool things is you know i was in marching band and personally for me it wasn't very inspiring i hated marching band you oh, know? i'm it. like <laughs> i'm like and you're like how do i see a, a life as a as a, this person with this like tuba or whatever you know <laughs> trombone sax whatever flute how do i make a life out you know what am i i don't know how to be a, yeah. make this a career so it was cool to like just be like hey like well i was in marching band and now i'm here i didn't definitely didn't think this is where i was going to be near at all so really sky's the limit like do anything you want but know that there is a place out here for you you know so that that was a cool thing because i don't think those kids get a lot of that especially these days with the you know funding for the arts and schools and things like that you know it's not pushed like and it was was declining back when i was a kid i remember Mm -hmm. my mom being like oh they don't care about the arts anymore and it's just awful and now it's like almost i mean i've heard that it's almost non-existent and stuff so any you know opportunity to give those kids a little encouragement i mean only keeps this whole thing going I, I agree i remember in band uh, in college i mean high school rather going into the uh into the the room uh, after hours and our band director was awesome and he's just like y'all know tower of power We're like huh yeah and he puts on because we're, i was a trumpet player and he Dude, puts on yes. tower of power and i'm just like chester thompson oh yeah. my god yeah. <laughs> just awesome yeah i mean so i agree i think yeah. that that's uh, and that to do that is a great thing to give back to those to, to give those students an idea of that mm-hmm. because the, the, the idea behind that music is discipline and and I mean, I wasn't a I wasn't a good student, but yeah. when it came to music, I I practiced. I I, I, yeah. I learned to Something make myself better. About. Yeah, yeah. I so. really love the documentary. So, begging your indulgence, I have one yeah. more thing on yeah, on the documentary. There's one point where you talk about a Coltrane induced epiphany. Yes, but it, you kind of just go over the surface of it. Can you get into a little more detail? What happened to you, and what? Uh, how did it speak to you? And and uh, well, what a better person to be listening to when you have an epiphany than the great one? Yeah, I mean, it was it was some time ago. Um, it's when, just before Big Gigant, right? Uh, no, no, no this earlier was, than that. This is, oh yeah, this is like first first year of college okay. of my undergrad. So this was like fuck a long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it was more, you know, it was like I I had never been around like people who were like work were practicing like that and into the saxophone and and stuff like that so you know we had it we had a saxophone ensemble we had sax players i had older guys who were like dude have you ever heard this john cold i i literally left high school and didn't even listen to any saxophone players you know what i mean like hmm. i barely even knew what the damn was thing that a kill mommy like. thing to, to not be influenced it was not because i was into like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and like Pearl Jam and shit. I was was like trying to listen to that stuff. You know what I mean? So, but anyways, then when people started showing me stuff, I was like, wow, this is like, this is like serious heavy. And uh, yeah, and I just got into, I just got super into John Coltrane. I remember, you know, because my mom's like, you, what are you going to do? Like, I mean, this music stuff's fun and I'm glad you got a scholarship and stuff, but like, let's not kid ourselves here okay yeah. like but you maybe you should How think you about some some secondary you know what i mean um and you know so that was kind of my first years i didn't know what i want to do i don't know what to do should i do this should i try to go to law school or whatever uh <laughs> and, you're not going to be an accountant and, yeah and then like one day you know so i'm literally walking <laughs> back to my dorm and uh yeah i just you know i just had that moment where you know i was listening to train and i was like 
It all you came know, together. Just the chills all the way up and down. I was just like, that. I don't nice. care. Like I don't. I don't care. I'm. This is what I'm gonna do. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then you know. And the minute I told my my mom, I was. You know. Look. If if I get a second, if I get a backup, well, I already lost. You know what I mean. So I'm gonna like. I'm gonna do this. You know. I'm gonna do it full heartedly. You know. I'm because I'm. I can't be downing myself, especially if I'm trying to go into this type of thing so she said hey you know what all right deal do it you know and you know it took a lot of ups and downs obviously um you know i didn't even start i didn't even start this was i was 19 or 18 then and i didn't even start big g till i was 31 or something Mm -hmm. you know Do you have any more any aha moments like that, Jeremy, where you decided this is going to be the, where it's like bam? Um, there was like, there were like a few kind of weird like coincidental things that brought me to like moving to Boulder versus going somewhere else. You know, things like that, connections that I made, and I kind of like tried to follow some kind of intuition or whatever. I was like, oh, like some of the first people that I met in Colorado, I met because I was. Um, I was like driving home from work. I was working at Domino's and I took a different route home. I was like, oh, I'm going to see what's going on downtown or whatever. Just drive home. I didn't know anyone in Boulder. I'd been there like a week and like drove and saw these two guys walking down the street with guitars literally on their backs and was like, drove past them. I was like, you moved here to play music. They have guitars. Maybe you should talk to them. Like that was the <laughs> thought process. And I was like, yeah, I was like, talk to them. And I turned around and one of one of the guys uh, was Zach Deputy, who is a like singer, yes. you know, songwriter, future guest of ours, yeah. super master, yeah, we love him. And then uh, Kyle Ursery was his kind of his buddy that played bass. That they were kind of on the road from Georgia coming out to Colorado and trying to make it to San Francisco. Didn't know what they were doing, and <laughs> I 
pulled up to him and was like, do you guys need a drummer? Like, literally. And they were, they were like, smoking awesome. weed out drummer of an apple hire. and, like, got in my car and we drove around oh, and talked about music. Yeah, that's and amazing. Only in that's fucking beautiful. Boulder, man. I'm yeah, telling that's you. Yeah, that's like, very common. And we started a band. And within a month, Mike Gordon sat in with us randomly. That's a, that's a great story. Great story, Jer. bar next to the Fox. So, I had these, like, weird kind of moments like that that led that, you know, I've, I'd been playing music since I was a kid and, and never, I did it in band in middle school, but it wasn't like I did it, you know, for a few years. It, it wasn't like I did. I played professionally in middle band. school. Yeah. I did. I made and then jazz I retired band in high school. school. When I got to high school, I retired. Yeah. And uh, it was a good off. career, though. <laughs> um, started a couple punk rock bands in high school. But yeah, I'd always wanted to do it. And I ended up getting a backup plan because talking to my family and they're like what are you gonna do blah 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 I'm like oh my god you guys are fucking scaring the shit out of me sorry for cursing but I ended up and I was good with computers and I ended up it was actually how I kind of came into the Motet family was I was doing graphic design I'd always been Dave into Watts computers IT guy. yeah literally doing websites I, I used pages. to make I was doing Motet like posters and that's kind of oh, how right. Dom and I kind of became uh, acquainted and I worked with Tsunami Publicity and Amy Heinrich and she was like man you're good at this and I was like damn maybe I could like there was a point when I was either going to go to music school or stay in Boston because I applied to Berkeley or stay in Colorado and go to design school as like a backup plan or whatever and then still focus on music and I remember talking to that was when Dom, we were living together right? we were living yeah. together and I remember talking to Dave and Garrett Sayers from Motet, literally anyone that I knew that had gone to music school, I was like, what do you think about it? What was your experience? Like, what, and everyone you know? said, don't go. I mean, a lot of people were like, dude, like, it'll, you know, it's great in so many ways, but yeah. like, like, you're already doing it. You're already doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I wish I had had that, that discipline that I feel like you get from mm-hmm. being in music school and having somebody just fucking, right, like, right, right. Do that, like, keep practicing, you know, or feeling that you had to do that because, I definitely slack in that department. But you, you make up for it in your entrepreneurship. And Is there any way that I discipline can dull creativity, though, too? Or is that too extreme? In a way, I think when you're younger, I feel like it's, it's like training for anything. If you're trying to be the best you can possibly be, like you have to put yeah. in so many hours to do it and whatever you're doing. And I, when you're younger, I feel like music school is huge because it's just you get the you learn the alphabet. You get all the basics down. You get all of that stuff kind of ingrained. And then yep. you have this well, you huge the toolkit like, for taking it further. When you're, when you're on a certain level, it like you're, you're playing like, you're like, okay, like I'm not just like, you know, you're, you have to keep your chops up. So practicing a lot, you're like practicing. It's like a vocabulary yeah. to speak the language. But when you get there, you're not like, think, you know, you're not using any of that. You're like, you're totally on this other level you're in like zone. playing but right. you know all these things practicing a lot and having all these basic things together it's just it's just like more paint and more idea you're like oh i could do this i could do you know right. do you get I self-conscious think, think personally going when you sit in with someone then and having is you're, you're you're coming from not that's so trained in, in like you said and more organic and being able to do it do you ever have any you get like a little self-confidence or anything um I don't really get self-conscious. Like sometimes I'll like overthink some things, but not. But it's weird. I I know, I've always felt if I had to sing, 
or be like right on the front of the stage. Like I feel like the drums kind of protect me from being there. You know, <laughs> yeah. I can kind of like hide a little bit or, or not hide, but yeah. Luckily, when we're on stage and we're playing, and and it's just like it feels like this is what I'm meant to do. Like this is it just feels so good and natural. I'm just like I love it. And the only times I'm maybe a little nervous is if I don't know the music or I don't you know because then you're just like guessing, which is fun too, but. You unless know, you guess wrong unless you guess wrong and and usually with our stuff like I know our stuff um, there's definitely been you know other gigs where it's like right. the tunes are hard and I'm like overthinking I'm like oh shit I gotta remember all this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like man chill out you know it yeah. just do it mm-hmm. and most of the time that works for like kind of setting your brain and just being in the moment and using those skills that you have to kind of make it through whatever like you you know it's like you have the foundations you have all this knowledge and you kind of need to like turn it off and just let it just let it all kind of happen mm-hmm. but i feel like if you know it you can overthink it super easily so that was a long answer but no that's great i can give yeah. you a lot of credit though because a lot of people are afraid to take that step so many people in their lives especially you know talk to folks in their 60s 70s that are like you know the people in their 60s that email me wanting to do my internship i'm like well you know, yeah but they're like they feel like they missed this opportunity they never sure they just got the job they did this and yeah and to 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 pull on the side of the road and 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 be able to Hey, you need a drummer? I mean, that's how you have to create opportunity. And yes. the opportunity will lead you to I'm, and you I'm guys are that example. Really so big 100%. on like manifest your destiny. Yeah. Like literally, you can make anything happen that you want to. And my mom like drilled that in when I was mm-hmm. little. Like really, really drilled that in. There wasn't a lot of Jewish guilt and a lot of stuff like that. I got that she from left a that different side of the family. <laughs> no, yeah, important. I got that from a different side of the family. But that positivity and like it's when you do that it and it's contagious and if you can spread that around to other people and teach it to other people and mm-hmm. you can you can just make anything happen that you want to when happen. you do that thing then you do it for a while and then things start happening and then it's, you're like whoa this is crazy then yeah. you just keep Dom doing it and more crazy shit happens and of it yeah like yep. we both you know yeah have been have hustled and hustled for years and we're so lucky to be where we're at and know that it's like you know and with that said what are some of your future goals? Is it like you know being taking what you're doing here and doing it in Europe, or what? What are some other things you guys are thinking future-wise? And are you scheming your next record yet? Yeah, yeah, yes, and yeah, yes, and yes. <laughs> that's, and yeah. that's a new album. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know that's that's our mo is just like growing. You know, growing and learning. We learn if I'm not learning and growing, I'm and I'm not doing it right. You know, and 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 that's what I want to do. So yeah, I mean, it is a, a lot of this where we're at now. Like I said, mentioned to one of you guys earlier, I feel like we're at a good like launching pad for another thing. I feel like we're at a good okay, yeah. we're here right now, and um, I'm looking forward to expanding more on you know working with other artists, um, uh, you know expanding my song my songwriting, getting that better, and really like I really want to like. <clears throat> I just really want to come with something that is like no one has ever heard before, but it's like so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, that's the, that's my next goal. You know, really, I guess is, is, you know, and, and I'm currently working on some, some new music. Yeah. Do you let the songs slip out in the live setting or do you wait and release the album and then start doing the songs live? Or is uh, there we some we test them out. Yeah. When they get all ready. Them. Yeah. 
Yeah, like I said, that's how it turns from funky thing three to like whatever. Funky thing (laughs) 22. Yeah. All right, a couple more things because we've been really generous with your time. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Two more things I really wanted to ask you about. You got to tour with Skrillex early on, did you not? Yeah. I want to know how much that helped you. And is he still considered a leading voice in the EDM world? Um, Yeah, that super fun. uh, That all spawned because we did the Super Jam. Uh, with Sonny at uh, well, Let's talk about that first because that's the other thing I want to ask you about. How did yeah. that come about? How was that scheme to you? How did it evolve? And then we can uh, go ahead and yeah, the, into Skrillex from that. The organizers wanted uh, you know to have the Skrillex Super Jam um, and uh, they kind of hired us to be sort of like part of his like band and just sort of help organize it with all the other musicians and all so stuff. So you put it's it together lot. so he could come in and have it ready uh, to go, hit the ground running? No, we, no, we, we put we it all, together. Yeah, yeah we, had, we, we talked. Did. It was yeah. like, yeah, it was right. our managers. Yeah, it was. we were, had conversations. He's like, oh, like I could maybe get this person. I could maybe get this person. Let me call this person. You know, it was a lot of... Uh, and he knows everybody. He knows everybody. Everyone loves him. He's Sonny's one of like the nicest people on the planet. Yeah. And talk about like living he's super present Mm -hmm. and just makes whatever he wants to happen happen and -hmm. like is really does that in a genuine way and i feel like that's why he's had so much success and that's why you know people love him and he he really let us like he like he was like you know these are like these are my guys like with us uh when you know and we're working with like lauren hill we're working with like in their (laughs) damian marley yeah damian marley we're all these huge artists you know and girls like this is my squad right here and we're like yeah <laughs> so that that was really cool him wow. and you know he's, he's a super cool guy and then being on to and, and then that was like and then he you know so he handpicked you to tour uh and then yeah he asked us to come out and do you know we did i don't know six dates or something with him not do a you ton collaborate? of collaborate uh we haven't collaborated on anything i I would love to. Not but, even live from the underlying. Uh, I mean, how hard well, is that EDM did, to we just We did live uh, at the Super Jam, and right, that was know, more like after a, that. After that, that nah, he was just doing his like D. He had his like big whole he had a huge stage rig, thing so, he was working yeah, on gotcha. and all that stuff. So, but it was killer. I mean, you know, it it got uh, Skrill's down for anything. So I'm sure he was down. You know, that were different, and you know that was a cool way to do his show and stuff like that and and yeah i mean we learned a lot and you know got, got a ton of new fans i'm sure of it from that and uh, it's all, always a great thing working with him and he's yeah. a, he's he, a he works beast. harder than kind he's yeah. so inspiring he's in like that never way. not he'd be in this interview right now being like it'd be like you'd be hearing yeah. sound he'd be like working and talking and he's like always like has something going on it's in pretty, his mind it's yeah. pretty wild and when we did the super jam i mean we rehearsed probably we did like five days of like 12 hour rehearsals like this wasn't it's not like he just came in at the end and was like cool it's ready let's go yeah mm-hmm. we met with him in, in new york and did oh, yeah. two 10 or 12 hour days yeah and then nashville was like all week yeah a lot of it was the three of us for a while just mm-hmm. hammering everything out just hashing out there. how it could go and what then it could be this, thundercat that, came yeah. in he's another super talented dude and, yeah um, Michael from uh, Incubus was awesome guitarist yeah. and nice. people, we kept adding people and then it was like this really cool process but man Sonny is there mm-hmm. every second of it mm-hmm. just yep. man I don't think people realize how much goes into those super jams oh so man a whole we, lot literally a that's lot. A lot we, did, we did that's a, a few months of phone calls and getting things together uh, music possibilities yep. and people canceling and then they we have to find somebody else and there's a lot a lot of shit but and we were like up to the minute right before that thing went on it was like I hope this is gonna work. Yeah. And then it was like, it was like, all right, let's all get in the circle. It was like, go Huddle. team. And yeah. we went out there, and I was, it was like, fuck, this is awesome. It was like three hours later or something. Yeah, like we were that. only supposed to play like an hour and a half or two, and we yeah. played for like three. So yeah. 
it, it was so it, fun. It, Such well, a we cool were experience. rehearsing up until the there, up yeah. until like our changeover before, like yeah. an hour and a half before. We're <laughs> wow. like in the rehearsal, dude. That was get, sick. with Thank Ferg, like ASAP Ferg coming in. You know, I need to like day. watch that document. There's like a whole documentary on that. I think isn't there? Yeah, like did a it cut out, get put out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's online. Yeah, what's with, it called? Like, Do you remember? I can't remember. I don't know what it. It's. Danny, um, we'll look it up. It. Yeah, Danny, we'll look it up and uh, make, make mention of that. Uh, oh my god, Danny Klein. No, Danny Clinch yeah, did it. I don't yeah. know why. Was Not Klein. Clinch. Yeah, space it on him. Yeah, Danny. Geo unit going with the Klein over the Clinch. Clinch. You got to Klein a Clinch. Clinch the, <laughs> Klein the end. Clinch. Um, but yeah, they 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 put together this cool documentary. I mean, we worked with Mickey Hart. Like the cast of characters on uh, this Super Jam was it was awesome. All insane. over the place. Yeah, all awesome. over the place. But it was. I'll remember that forever. That was such a special experience. Robbie Krieger from The Doors. Oh, Asa yeah. Ferg. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mickey. Uh, Is that intimidating, though, working with all these like superstars? Not not so much, not, honestly. Not too, because I mean, kind of, you're kind of like, cause nice to meet you. And then you're like, oh, they're super cool. Yeah, because yeah, they're awesome. super cool. Right and and they, there's so much mutual respect between... Skrill and the, and these people that they're like hey like and then you know like they said, treat they treated you at level though they didn't. absolutely so that, absolutely nobody 100%. nobody was like don't look at me or don't you <clears> know, know like no, that that no. kind of vibe but mm-hmm. it it was super fun experience and yeah we uh yeah well cool. I'd like to close with this it, it, you know I'm still learning EDM yeah but there's one painfully obvious thing that I've picked up on it already that it's similar to rock or folk or jazz is that you have your tools you have your instruments and the mm-hmm. trick is to create something timeless something from the heart something soulful something meaningful something sure. distinct yeah. for sure could you guys talk to maybe some young musicians that are starting in this world and, and mm-hmm. how they can maybe get that distinctiveness maybe get the heart into the into mm-hmm. what may initially seem like a cold medium can, yeah how, how can they pull that out I think it's it's just you know just really being yourself you know being yourself and and really like you you know you said just being yourself speaking from your heart and but working really hard I mean there you can't get more genuine than that and and especially with now that it's so easy for everyone to make stuff on the computer because right there's so accessible that's the way that your stuff will your music will shine you know uh, through the rest of the stuff you know and. I mean, you know, yeah, it's uh, some people are really talented. Some people are like maybe aren't quite as talented, but they have more work. At, you know, there's all there's a different different way it comes through. But, you know, you just sure. you just work hard. You, you always have to work hard, though. So there's no, no what, even you if you're a genius, your you have to work. You have to work your ass off. So, you know, you just do that and just try to be yourself. And, you know, I think that's a, a yeah. big key. Computer's just another. It's like a new instrument. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like when the electric guitar like hit, everybody was exactly. scared and thought it was going to yep. be over. And yeah. Late 50s, and, right? Yeah, they were like, this will never last. The kids, yeah. they're right. crazy. They're, they're all similar. going to hell. <laughs> you know, and then it's like, it's here. And and the Beatles are like, I mean, I love the Beatles, but it's like parents, you know, my mm-hmm. parents' generation, which I'm sure their parents thought they were effing nuts and this isn't going to last and all this stuff. And it's, the computer's like, it's not going anywhere. And no. it's a really cool way of being able to express yourself and do like things that you could never do before Yeah, um, in this little teeny package. And mm. I think just trying to be as creative with that. Um, but I mean, if you're young and you're starting out, I would say like pick up an instrument and see what you can do with that and see if that comes speaks to you naturally or that's a voice for you. And if, if it's not, then check out the computer and see how that works. But yeah, yeah, it's a voice. It's like its own little instrument, but it's also, I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing with it is like I said, the songwriting thing. I mean, now mm-hmm. any person, you, any of us in this room could make a song on that, 
by yourself, put it out right tomorrow or whatever. Tonight. Don't put it out on SoundCloud. Yeah. You could you could put it on TuneCore and have it on iTunes. Net. You can do that all by yourself. You don't need uh-huh. one. You don't need any. You can do yeah. it all yourself. And that is the that's like what's happening right now. Is everyone's like, well, shit. Power I can is make, yours. It is. I can make my whole song. A whole song. Write a whole song and then and, put it out. I'll, and what, one thing no I one learned from Holy before. Ship, the in, in my experience of kind of going to the EDM world was, wow, wait a second, these are these are our modern composers. You know, I mean, yeah. you look back and you know, look at classical music and look at some of the EDM artists, and yeah, they're they're composing music for um, sure. Oh, and that's what producing is. I mean, a lot of these guys that you saw on holy ship or whatever might you know a lot of them have a ton of musical knowledge and grew Mm -hmm. up playing piano or doing this Mm -hmm. and other guys just have that ear and they can hear what seems to work or work for them and and their kind of unique sense or unique take on it is how they come up with this like different style or different thing and you're just like whoa like nobody you would never approach this that way Mm -hmm. if you knew all this other stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. about chord structure about modes or about you know it's like the knowledge can be uh can hinder you but it can also like set you free too so it's it's really cool we're at a cool time in music in general with like possibilities are just endless absolutely well guys thank you so much so much for your time i'm really excited with the new merch the black and white i understand you guys are gonna be covering michael jackson's black and white (laughs) and also you're gonna be selling the new york black and white cookies which are gonna be really neat too so i'm really excited for that stuff Mm. and i've been bathing in your music the last few days and it's been a joy ride you should be really proud of what you've done thank you thank you keep it up thank you so much for your time yeah thank you guys it was fun hanging chatting definitely all right Emotionless is no way to live It's just a wall that I put up to help me not to cave right in Why's it always gotta be so hard? I'm gonna sink if I don't learn how to swim everybody that was the interview with big gigantic um and rob i gotta say not only yeah i i i I really enjoyed that interview and i know you did too but rob i can't believe we went into that interview and i forgot to mention forgot to mention forgot to mention that their new album one of the new one of the songs from the new album was on the apple commercial and then literally what reminded me of that was the day after our interview they were their one of their tracks was used on um, a Game of Thrones uh, on the one of the uh, preview reels for the la- for the last season. 
So, or for the new season, is it the last season? Anyway, pretty, pretty, pretty big things. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's great for them in exposure, but it's also, I would imagine, it's got to be a financial reward. I mean, that's you get you would get some royalties for having your music on something aired like that, wouldn't you? I imagine so, and I, I, I it, I'm very pleased that these guys are are really. Uh, definitely bringing a different slant to the EDM world and it's, it's acts like them and, and Cherub and Grizz that are uh, that are seducing me to the land of EDM yeah I mean they're Jamtronica EDM they're definitely EDM but I mean they're also they said it themselves buddy yes, they, they said did. it themselves they did but I, I, I prefer that style of EDM over just the DJ style so but that's you know, I'm, you know I'm a live music a live instrument and I'm a band nerd I'm a band nerd that's what happens speaking of being a band nerd it's been interesting cleaning up some of the stuff in my folks house and coming across a lot of old photos from growing up with my sister well she was here with us and uh, um, finding like finding lots of old photos I found that I, I sent you the Mr. T photo from when I was like four or five or nah I must have been older I must have been like yes. seven I'm, yeah I think I was seven yes you you sent me a, a a report card I want to read on the air eventually. Uh. <laughs> it, it, it it's a grade school report card that could essentially be describing Seth today. Yeah, you know that's and that's an interesting thing is that looking through some of these things like that and and uh, assessment reports. I don't know why uh-huh. my mom kept them. Now I do though because I go through it and it's like, wow, they say people don't change. Yeah, they don't really change. <laughs> All right, Seth. I I need my catharsis. Okay. Oh, is the phone going to start ringing again? You people email us at insideoutwtns at gmail dot com and give us feedback on this catharsis, please. Because first of all, um, all right, Seth, I have dry skin issues. That's rough. And sometimes, yeah, and I I put it off. You know what I mean? I should moisturize more than I do, but I put it off and put it off. And what happens is, I'll it'll be like. At nighttime, I'll be trying to sleep, and my feet will start itching, and it'll be drive me so crazy that I'll I have to do something about it then, right? Okay. So this happens to me. This happens to me when I'm staying at the Shane house, and I'm tired as hell. I think I think um, are you been, ash- are you really ashamed sh- of yourself? Absolutely. Anyways, I didn't uh, anyway. Oh, I didn't want to get out of bed or anything. You know, I, I just kind of like the lights were off. I didn't want to turn on the light and wake myself up. I just kind of reached over in my bag because I, I sometimes will take from a hotel, uh, you know, Every, moisturizer everything. that's not used. not used. Uh, you know, I come home, I come back and, and the <laughs> office is full of like different, like, like Bibles and lights. And he's like, yeah, no, this, this, the, the alarm clock has a, has an iPod connection. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was a gift. Anyway, go ahead. $5 frame paintings. (laughs) So I reach over to the bag, grab uh, a little hotel container, and go and just I moisturize the feet. And then I'm like, what the hell? I'll use the whole bottle. I moisturize all of my whole body, my whole face, and put it back away, lie down back in bed. And then I start thinking, wow, this moisturizer smells funny. Oh, gosh. And it's not that it feels weird on my skin. I'm like, what, what, what? And I'm not getting Still can't go to sleep. Still can't go to sleep. Finally, I'm like, uh-oh. And and I go and I turn on the light. And sure enough, I had moisturized with shampoo conditioner. Oh, God, Rob. 
You know, meanwhile, all I'm, over I'm, my sh- body. I'm pretty certain you used the. Uh, wait a second, all over your body, Rob. You were. were you, what were you trying to do and with I'm that moisturizer? At, I'm staying at a friend's house. Oh, you always got to go tawdry. No, dry skin. I'm staying at a friend's house, so I can't jump in the shower. Ugh. I mean, so I had to get a towel and towel this crap off my entire body. And then you got to explain to them what that sticky uh, stuff is on the towel the next morning. Because no, I know you I, didn't I, do I the laundry. Do laundry. <laughs> no, I did. I had to do laundry the next day. I totally lucked out. <laughs> Wait, Catharsis Part 2. We're going along here. Okay, um, all right. So, you, you ready? There's been a little mouse problem at uh, one of the places I've been staying, you know? Uh, yes. So, had to set had to set traps, you know? I don't like it, but I had to. One of the ones was a humane one, and it worked. Caught a mouse. Oh, you know? I didn't know but you caught it. But it caught it just as I was leaving town, okay? So... I, I was rushing because this is when I was driving up to North Carolina to begin this six day uh, journey. Uh, you know, six days and six nights, six shows and six nights in five different cities, and four of those cities were in North Carolina. Right? Yeah. So, rushing to get out of town. So, I grabbed, I just grabbed the mouse that's in the thing and put it in the trunk without even thinking about it. And then I run by your office, grab some things. And the office is right by the highway, so I didn't even, I just got on the highway and didn't even think about it. So next thing you know, because in Atlanta, you really got to get out of town by three or you're screwed. The traffic yeah. starts picking up. And then, so I just rushed out of town. And then I'm, I'm, I think I was somewhere around Sewanee where I was like, wait a minute, I still have the mouse. And that would be Sewanee, drunk. Georgia, folks, just a heads up. Oh, wait a second. Did you say you still have the mouse? Yeah. In the so, car. I'm like, oh. Yeah, and I didn't want to stop because I want to make good time, and I was getting away. So, so here was the deal. Ugh, I, I keep going, I keep going, and then then I get a little. Found it. it could have been months before you found it. In that, oh my god. <laughs> so I'm getting a little devious thought, and and this is where this is where it gets bad. So, all right, seatbelts on. Right. So I cross the border into South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe this. I let the mouse out. In South Carolina. How could you do that? What's wrong with you? What have I done? What did you do? My bad person. My bad person. You're a terrible person. You're a terrible person. You should be ashamed of yourself. Can you imagine being that mouse? I can't imagine. It's like being a Seattle Seahawks fan in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. It's like, oh, I'm free. I'm free. Oh, my God. I'm in South Carolina. Uh, Rob, your mother is rolling over in her grave right now. She would. She would hate me for this. Oh, you are. Can I you, talk you, to- you know what? You're be to say you're a terrible person is not enough. I'm. I'm oh just. I don't. Need, I think I need a new co-host. This is. I. I can't be working with a guy that would leave a mouse in South Carolina. What's wrong with you? I can't stop saying anyways, and I'm cruel to mice. What the fuck is wrong with me?
I'm coming home.